Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? So the wise men came to Herod and they wanted to, they inquired. But Herod inquired. And so we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Everyone say he was troubled. He was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. Now I don't believe this is speaking of every person in Jerusalem. This is an expression of a word referring to a group of people. Because there were people who were anticipating the arrival of the Messiah. But Herod was troubled in all that were with him. And so, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Christ means anointed one the anointed one. And so they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from then what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go, go and search carefully For the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word back that I may go and worship him also. How many of you know that he really didn't want to worship him? We know that, right? We know the story. He was uh, being manipulative. He He was afraid. That's what fear will do. That's what fear and troublesome, a troubled spirit will do. It'll cause you to lie and to try to manipulate a situation but he was identified Jesus was identified as the Christ the anointed one and I'm going to explain this to you but the whole purpose of this series is to teach us the benefits of the anointing that is the gift of Christ for us this Christmas it's his spirit It's what he did for you and I. It's why he was even born. He was born, came as the anointed one, even as a baby. And then he transfers what he had to us. And I'm going to tell you, if you're anointed, if you have the Spirit of God resting on your life, there is no devil, there is no problem, there is no situation, there is no debt, There is no obstacle, no plan that can stop God from working in your life. Now, if you believe that, if if you're excited about that, somebody lift up your voice. Let's pray for the service. The anointing is here. I'm telling you, the anointing of God is in the atmosphere. Just repeat after me. In Jesus' name, I speak against that spirit of tryptophan. Lord, wake up our bodies. Wake up our minds. Let our hearts be receptive. Remove all heaviness from this room. Say it out loud. Say go. Say depression, go. Say fear, 
go. Come on, in Jesus' name. Now give him a hand clap of praise. My Lord, did you feel that? If you didn't feel that, turn to your neighbor and tell him, you got to wake up. God is in this place. Welcome to Covenant Life Center. Welcome everyone watching online and those that watch on YouTube. You can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for your worship. Just such a beautiful day, a wonderful day. It's so good to be in God's house. You guys look wonderful. Thank you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving weekend or week with your families. Uh, you're back in God's house. Let's get ready. Let's learn a little bit. So, so Jesus came and was described as the Christ. And we've said this probably a hundred times in this church. Christ was not Jesus' last name. You understand what I'm saying? Christ was identifying what was in his life and who he was. But he came as the Christ and the anointed one since he was a baby in the womb of Mary. He was anointed in the womb so much that even when he came around, Elizabeth, who had already been pregnant with John the Baptist, when he came around, the anointing that was in his life triggered the anointing that was in John the Baptist's life, even in their womb, and the baby began to leap for joy. That's powerful. At the birth of Jesus, he had tremendous favor, where the wise men would come from a distance to bring him frankincense, myrrh, and gold. And they sought for him, and they looked for him. And at the birth of Christ, there were angels that were in the presence of that child because that child came with an anointing. That process of anointing was meant for him distinctively the way it came because he would rest and he would sit on the throne of David that God promised David and said, as we learned the last series, that he would give him a person to sit on the throne and it would forever be occupied by part of his lineage. And there would never fell a man to sit on that throne. And, and Jesus was the fulfillment. And we taught you about the lineage of, of, of the two that had Mary and Joseph. They were both from the loins of a king. And how later on down in history, we find through the lineage that they, they had come together. And Jesus came from pure blood. He was a purebred physically even as his mother was from the lineage of David, but yet his father still, even though he didn't have his blood, because he got his blood from his heavenly father. And that's where the anointing lied. So Jesus was destined to be king, and Jesus was destined to come into this world and to rule over his people. And this is what was intimidating to Herod. When you look at the life of Herod, Herod was a great politician. His father was a great politician. They were great, they were great friends with Caesar and Mark Anthony. Political powers that were in the reign of Rome. And from Herod's father, who was an Arab, whom had he had adopted Judaism. And so they called him a Moab. That's what Moabites were. They were Arabs that had adopted Judaism. And so, although they have this 
this belief system yet weren't from pure-bred, pure-blooded Jews. They had a connection with Rome, and they were close with Caesar, and they were close with the leaders and them and the king. But because of their relationship and their ideas and their culture, because he chose to adopt some of the Judaic ways, uh, from the ways of Judaism, what they did was he eventually gave them a province to be king over. So they knighted him. They gave Herod the influence that he needed to help them watch over regions. So Herod was appointed there by Caesar to look over the region. And he had a good relationship with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the high priest and all because he understood the culture and the belief system. Yet he walked in two worlds. He really was a pagan at heart, but he also from the outward was religious with Jewish customs. So he was a very unique individual, but that's why he was in the position he was in. So when the trouble had come, he had knew this, he known the scriptures. He understood and he went to the scribes and the Pharisees and he inquired of them. He asked them, where is he? Because he was, he was not being honest. He was really fearful in his heart, but it gave him reason to tell them, when you find them, when you find him, tell me, I want to go worship him too. Which wasn't true. Really, the problem was he was intimidated because it said in the scripture that the king would come to his region. And he was scared. But here's what's really unique about this story, about history. Even as a young child, the scripture says that Jesus was anointed and came as the Christ. And there are many things, there are many things that happened in the life of that child, our Lord and Savior, even in his infant stages, the angels of God were with him. They couldn't pull any trick over them because he was anointed even as a baby. He knew when to leave and God would speak to the parents. God would speak to Mary. God would speak to Joseph. They would know. I'm telling you, Jesus as a child had angels that watched over him. He had favor that blessed. He was blessed with favor. They brought him frankincense, myrrh, and gold. They brought him provision. They brought him good health physically to help him. They brought him everything necessary, and God warned him many times. He went to Egypt. On his way back after Egypt, he was going back to Bethlehem, but then God warned him again and said, Herod died, but he has a son, and so go to Nazareth, and he stayed there for 12 years according to history. And when he was there, he grew up as a Nazareth, as a Nazarene. And that's when he came out of Nazareth. And, any, and that's when they said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter where you're born. It doesn't matter where your family is. It doesn't matter what your bank account has in it. It doesn't matter what your neighborhood is. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. When the anointing is in your life, anything good can come out of anything. Anything good, as long as you're anointed. And that anointed child became about 12 years old. And at the age of 12, he stepped into the synagogues and he talked shop with all those theologians. He was there constantly communicating with them, showing the wisdom that God had given them. They marveled at this young boy who was the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, 
They marveled at him and said, where in the world did this boy get this kind of knowledge? Where did he get it? From a child, what Jesus had in his life, most kings had to have on them from a prophet. Just like David and just like Saul. David had to have the ointment from the prophet with the validation and the confirmation of the Spirit of God saying to him, he's the one. Even Saul had to be anointed. And they poured the oil over their heads. And it wasn't just a little bit, guys. It was like they had just won a championship game, right? Did the Gatorade. I've seen some pastors and preachers, when they pray for people, they use so much oil. Whatever it takes, I guess. But that anointing represented the Spirit of God and God confirming through a man, God using a man to validate him. Jesus was never validated by any man or any prophet. Jesus never had anyone pour oil on him. Jesus was baptized by another man, but yet the Spirit of God thundered from heaven and said, This is my Son and whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. This is the king. This is the one that is destined for greatness. And there was a parallel. There was a parallel there between David and Jesus. David had to go and hide from his life. Jesus had to hide from those that wanted to kill him. Saul threw a spear and it missed David. But the Roman soldier, he jabbed his and got Jesus right here on the side. And it wasn't until... David came out of the cave of Adullam. He was in that cave, and he could have destroyed Saul. And Saul had a piece of his garment ripped from his blouse and his coat, whatever it was, on him. And then he knew, and David came out and said, I could have killed you, but I didn't. He said, you're still alive. And he came out of that cave in that cave moment when he was hiding in there, and he came out. Then Saul said, I know now that you are the king, and you said who you said you were. Jesus no one knew what the resurrection did for him, what the resurrection did for all of us to validate that he did rise again, that he did die, and that he was buried. But when he came out of his cave, everyone knew that he was the king of king and the Lord of lords also. There's a distinct parallel between the two that give us evidence that Jesus is who he said he was. But there's one thing that can't be denied. When Jesus walked on this earth, he was anointed by God. And that anointing is exactly what caused every king in the region, every religious person in the area, every demon to become fearful and intimidated by him. Had Jesus come just as another teacher, as another philosopher, as another just a, just a debater, as just someone else that just every once in a while prayed for a headache, I promise you it wouldn't have worked and hell would have been fine. But this man was heavily highly anointed and chosen to be king, and he would rule the airwaves. He wasn't just going to be an influence in the land. He was dominating the unseen world. 
He stirred up every demon in the region. Every principality was afraid of Jesus. Every demonic force was afraid of Jesus. Every spirit behind every religious work that wasn't of God was afraid of Jesus. Every, every governor, every king that was being influenced by demons and stark spirits, they were afraid of Jesus. Why? Because the spirits behind them knew who Jesus was. The people may not understood it completely, but hell knew who he was and understood we can't mess around with this guy. This guy has something we don't have. Jesus was anointed. Jesus was so anointed that he would step into an environment and nothing and no one could stop it. The first point I want to give you and the only point today is this. When you're anointed, the devil can't stop you. When you are anointed, the devil cannot stop you. Stop you from what, Pastor Bobby? Well, let's answer that question. Do you believe that you have a purpose in your life? Do you believe that God has given you a reason for living? If you haven't found that reason, and if you haven't realized that it is connected to the kingdom, then you still need to search. Most people aren't productive or don't, aren't happy in their life because they have never found their purpose because your divine purpose in God is the only thing that will bring you satisfaction. You know what frustration is? Frustration is the lack of productivity to produce. I know for myself, I'm a miserable, a miserable man when I'm, I'm not producing. We talked about that personality profile, the test that we've taken. I've took it. And I'm what they call caloric, caloric melancholy. And that caloric side of that personality test, that, that kind of spirit, that personality, is somebody who's driven to accomplish, to produce. That's why when I don't produce, I don't get res I got to have results every day. I'm miserable. It, God helps me. He's working on me. But when I can't find something to produce, I've learned the secret to being at bay and keeping my spirit right and being happy. It's this. I have learned the only thing that I'm not restricted from more than anything else is my relationship with God. And I have free access, just like you do, to him every single day. And every single day, my goal is to produce something in my relationship with God. I need to feel him every day. I need to hear from him. I need to learn, let him reveal himself to me. So we all have the same privilege. So the main thing I've learned in my life and, and what I want to share with you is this. More than anything, when I learn how to walk with him, I'm being productive. When I learn how to walk with him, I've learned how the anointing works. You see, the anointing is the supernatural power of God working through you to fulfill his will. Write that down. 
The anointing is the supernatural power of God working through you to fulfill his will. The reason why he made you, the reason why he gave you breath, the reason why you're even here today. And as long as we can stay in the will of God, God will do the work. If you have ever stepped outside the will of God, it takes you some time and a heart of repentance. It shouldn't take too much time, but the moment you are able to say, I was wrong, I made a wrong decision, I did the wrong thing, Father, forgive me, and get lined back up with his will, then everything comes out okay. Everything starts working again. See, God doesn't leave us. We just get off the path. You understand what I'm saying? Most people don't live for God until they're in trouble, then they live for God. That means they know how to run, right? Running is a sport. Walking is a lifestyle. Running is a sport. You know the Apostle Paul referenced, I ran the good race. He was referring to the sport, a marathon, having to pace himself and having to run. But he was referring to the journeys as his missionary trips and all that he had destined for him. So, so the Apostle Paul had some downtime, especially being in prison. And then he would have to go and minister the way he did. But I promise you, these men knew how to walk. These men know how to do it. In fact, in fact, when, when David was on the throne and he passed away and Solomon was next, let me give you the secret to God anointed him because David was highly anointed. I mean, David was so anointed, the people would sing his praises. The people would say, uh, Saul has killed his thousands, but, but David has killed his ten thousands. When he went into battle, he would clear a field, folks. When he went before Goliath, he killed him with knocking him down with one stone. Now, those slingshot guys back then, we think of like our little slingshots we had when we were little, you know. Oh, sorry. Pah, nothing like that. It's recorded in history that the, 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 slot, the slingshot guys, those that practice it in warfare, learn how to take those little stones and, and swing them and swirl them so fast, it would be as fast as a gun. That fast. They were accurate with it as well. But David was anointed. David not only took him by the stone, he took him by the, by the sword. And David walked in his kingdom, and hell could never touch David. Even when David made a mistake, he knew how to get back in a line with God. That's why we're still here because you have learned how to get back under the mercy of God. Isn't God good? Thank God for his mercy right now, I'm telling you. Thank God for his grace and his mercy and all that he's given to us. That's why we're still here. But listen, Solomon had to take the throne. But listen to what God told Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 9, verses 4 through 5. Listen to what he told him. When Solomon prayed, he said, now, if you, what? If you walk, everyone say walk. walk. 
He didn't say run. He said walk. If you walk before, before me as your father David, what? Walked. If you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of your heart and uprightness to do according to all I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my commandments, then will I establish your throne and the kingdom over Israel forever. Someone say forever. See, let me give you how we come into uh, how we come into place in this portion of Scripture. What does it have to do with us? Remember in the last series we talked about that we are the kings. The Scripture says that God's called us to be kings and priests, that God's given us dominion over the areas of our life, and Christ wants to reign through us. So really, he's the king of kings. So, but when the king begins to function in your life, uh, you're identified as that same authority figure in the earth. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Huh? Okay, nobody understands what I'm talking about. Too much turkey? <laughs> you are seated with... Let me, let's go through a rerun now. You ready? Let's review. You are seated with who? The king. Where? Heavenly places. You know, if you're seated with the king... He's allowed you to have the same authority over every devil, don't you? Someone says, Christ reigns through me. Someone say, Christ reigns through me. Someone say, when I pray, things happen because I give the king place. You see, most of the time we say God's in control, but we never pray, so really God's not in control. God is never in control of something you never pray about. That's why when things are out of control, you understand what I'm saying now? Okay, so, so we reign with Christ, right? Okay, so now, now here's what I'm trying to tell you. No matter where you're at in your life, for every businessman here, businesswoman, every parent, every career, whatever career you're in, You were meant to dominate in that arena and to be an influence for God. The blessings of God were meant to be in your life. And not just you, but your children and your children's children up into the third and fourth generation. And all you've got to do while you're doing business is walk with him. And if you'll teach your kids, that's why, daddies, you have got to do the right thing because your children are not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you do. They'll act just like you. They won't listen to a word, but they'll see everything you do, and they'll mock you, not, just being, not to be sarcastic, but they will parrot you and everything. That's why David, he may have made a mistake, but David knew how to repent. David knew how to get it right. Solomon needed to know, listen, you, if you'll just walk like your father did, and if you'll just learn how to stay in my will, if you'll learn how to just take one step after another, don't look so far 
Don't try to get overwhelmed by the responsibilities. Don't get overwhelmed by things you feel like, oh, my God, I got to face. I have to give up, have to do this, have to do that. No, 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 no. God just asked you to learn how to keep one foot in front of the other. In other words, today is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in this day. Tomorrow has its own problems, but today has its problems too. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm going to live life right today. Someone say today. today. See, we get overwhelmed and try to run. And you get wore out. And you're stretching yourself too thin. Because all you do is run, 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 run. When God said, if you just walk with me, let me do the running. Let me do the running. I've got angels that are faster than you. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to talk about. Okay, I'm going to mention this. Let me give you an example, okay? Can I give you an example? Okay. So, so a while back, God blessed me with a car. And the first thought in my mind was, Let's raffle the car so we can raise some funds for the building, right? So we're trying to build the kingdom. How are we going to do this? Well, we got the car. It was an older car. It looked great. I mean, the car, is, it was really just an immaculate condition. And I thought, well, I'm going to detail it. I'm going to just do that paint correction on it, make them wheels look good, make it smell good. And we'll raffle this thing or sell it. So we start looking at the value of that car. And the blue book value was about maybe $2,000, 2500 And I thought, well, that's not going to be enough. Maybe we can just go ahead and do the raffle. And I thought, well, now we just got done with selling tickets. Now I don't want to ask the church to go and sell tickets again right after this. And, you know, because we respect you guys and don't want to make you weary, right? I mean, so the best thing to do is let's see what God says. So we started to pray, and we prayed, and I felt God say, give it away, bless somebody with it, and then I'll bless you with whatever you need. So I said, okay, no problem. So I prayed about it, and don't get jealous. Be happy, because if you get happy and celebrate somebody else, God will give me another car. He may bless you with it. Just saying. When you can celebrate other people's blessings, it just means that God knows you can handle one yourself. And it's not the first time we've ever blessed people with cars and done things like that, but this was a vital moment for us. So I went and I blessed someone with it, and we blessed them, and, and God was good. And I said in my mind, you know, I really, my hopes were at least, I know this was stretching it, but see, I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary in the sense of knowing, and I believe God by faith. And that's why when I hear somebody tell me it can't be done logically, I don't pay attention. I just obey the Spirit of God, and he told me he will give me the desires of my heart and will give me what my faith has done, and there is an anointing in that. God will back up what you do. 
So instead of letting greed get the best of me, our logic and reason get the best of me, I gave it away. That doesn't make any sense, Pastor Bobby. It doesn't to you, but it does to God. But had I been running, had I been running, we got to get this done. We got to make it happen. We got to get there. Okay, do this, do this, do that, do this. Okay, great. Get the tickets. You got them. Let's go. Running. See, we think because we run that we'll get things done faster. That's not true. That's not true. That's the biggest deception hell has put into the church. Listen, you were a king. You were designed to be a king. And all the king has to do is have resource and have the people and have everything backing him and his government and all that's there. And all he has to do is point and speak. For the word of a king is there's power. Where the word of a king is, there is power. I know what you're waiting for. What happened to the car? Hold on. (laughs) Had I ran and did it in my own way and not slowed down. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, slow down, son. Slow down, ma'am. Slow down, sister. I'm talking to someone right now. I can feel counsel on me. I'm telling you right now, God is trying to tell some of you, if you'll slow down and learn how to walk, the anointing will come into your life and speak to you See, the power of God will come in the form of answers, wisdom, healing, miracles, signs, wonders. The anointing will rest on you as long as you're taking action, but you don't have to run so fast because when you run so fast, you're outrunning the counsel of God. If he is really your chief executive officer in your life, the one that calls the shots, then you have to slow down long enough to hear what he has to say. So the week we gave that car away, a man walks up to me in church and says, the Lord told me to give this to you. I looked at it. It was $5,000. I said, well, praise God. And yes, it went to the building fund. See, you can give me 20 grand and this is going to go straight into the church. It don't move me. Nothing's impossible for God to do. It just that's why God blesses because I've learned how to do this. <laughs> it's easy. Give it all the praise to God. Let God do what he wants to do, but you got to slow down. Let me let me give you some some scripture. Are you ready? Notice again God told Solomon, walk with me. Now, God wanted to walk with Adam and Eve. Look at this. God wanted to walk with Adam and Eve. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking. Someone say, God was walking. Didn't say God was running. God was walking. As God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid themselves from among the trees and in the garden. But the Lord called the man and said, where are you? You want to know why they were hiding? Because they ran to the tree. God told them not to do it. They didn't listen to God's instruction. They got ahead of themselves. And the, and the, and the devil lied to them and said, if you eat this, you'll become like God and know all things. When, God, when they were already like God, a lie. 
manipulation. That's witchcraft. Telling you a bit, a, 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 a white lie is what people say. A white lie, a dark, it's all a lie. But the truth says, you see, have they looked forward? Because this was a routine. God can't, I believe this was a routine. Had they been more interested in walking with God, they would have never ran to the tree of knowledge. Have they looked forward to walking with God every day, they would have never made the mistake that they made. Listen to this. Enoch walked with God and never saw death. Enoch, it says, Enoch walked faithfully. Faithfully. Someone say it with me. Faith, full. The Lee means it was continually a continual action. But they were faithful. Let's reverse it. Full of faith. That means that they remained faithful. They remained positive and optimistic in their thinking, in their approach every day. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Focus on the day and say, this day today is a blessed day. This day today, in this moment, I'm not even gonna look an hour from now. I'm gonna keep a good attitude within this minute. If I can do it for a minute, I can do it for an hour. Do it for an hour, I can do it for a day. Do it for a day, I can do it for a week. Do it for a week, I can do it for a month. Do it for a month, I can do it for a year. You got the point. It's not that hard. But we look at the year in advance and go, oh, my God, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'll tell you how it's going to happen. Focus on the moment and the day. Listen, Eli, Enoch walked faithfully with God, and then he was no more, meaning because God took him away. He never saw death. Never. He never saw death. He was translated to be with God. He walked into heaven. The chariots of fire came and took him. God translated him. When you walk in the anointing, I'm telling you, God's speed comes into your life. Things begin to happen faster because God just wants to know, can you handle it? If you walk with him, he knows you can handle it because the day won't pass you by so fast where you overlook your relationship with God that needs to happen on a daily basis. God's anointing rests on people that walk with him. Now watch this. Noah, Noah walked with God and he survived the flood. I'm talking to you about people that had an anointing in their life people that were used by God, and this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked, what? Faithfully with God. That means his priority was, wasn't anything else but his prayer time. His, you understand what I'm talking about? His time with God. I thank God we're open every morning at this church. I'm going to keep promoting it. You can get, keep on hiding yourself all you want to. 
I'm not giving anybody a guilt trip. I'm trying to get you to a place where you're hungry and you're hungry for God. Well, I pray at home. Praise God. I'm glad you do. There's something special about corporate prayer, though. Something about getting to the house of God, finding his presence. I love coming to this house and praying. I love being here in this house and praying. And let's be honest. Some of you can't find that kind of peace at home. You need to get away from your home and get into a place that's solemn and just quiet and it breaks the monotony in your life. But it's not these, you know, I believe in praying all the time, okay? And I'm not saying I'm like this super spiritual guy, but I do know if I'm not consistent with God, he won't meet me when I step up here. And I'll be wasting your time and you won't be here if you didn't feel the anointing come from this platform. The only reason that there is any kind of anointing in this house is because we learn to walk with him. Let other people outrun you. You're looking at other people. Thank you, Jesus. You're looking at other people and saying that they are further ahead. They got a nicer place than I do. They're doing better than I, what's the deal? I've been doing this for a long time. Well, let me give you some encouragement. Don't ever envy anyone that can outrun you because sooner or later, they're going to have to stop and they'll grow so big and get to a place where they'll topple over because they had no good foundation. Walking gives you a good foundation. It may take you some time, but when God builds on that walk that you have, because God will build on your walk. When he builds on the walk, whatever he puts on there is going to outlast anything anybody was doing super fast. I've seen it happen so many times in ministry. Other people pass me up. Other churches build. I'm not looking at everybody else. I'm going to tell you right now, we're building something that's going to last. We're learning how to walk together right now. We're learning how to grow together right now. We're learning how to see God do things. Look at Noah. Noah. How do you think Noah built that ark? Someone say he was anointed. Come on, somebody say he was anointed. He built that ark by the anointing. How did he get the plan? Somebody say it was the anointing. God called him. God called him to do what? God called him to save humanity and to also save all the creatures and the animals in the earth. So when the floods came and it destroyed everything around, Noah kept everything alive. Why? Because, listen to this. It all happened because a man knew how to walk with God. A man knew how to walk. I'm going to tell you, I've slowed down a whole lot. Even when we go in public places, I was just, all right. <laughs> you ever driven so fast down Navarro? You tried to hurry up and get there, and you pass up all these little cars, and you hit the light, and here they drive up right next to you. And you're like, are you kidding me right now? I've learned. 
Life happens to everyone. God has an anointing in your life even when you're driving, even when you're living. We were coming to prayer the other morning. Here's a testimony. We were coming to prayer the other morning. My kids think I'm crazy. This didn't happen, but it happened. Five-something in the morning, me, my wife, and my youngest boy, Joshua. He was wide awake that morning, actually. We're driving down to Vero, and we're talking about Thanksgiving, talking about you know, the things we need to do, the church, what, what needs to happen. And, and I was talking, and I was talking so much, I didn't recognize the light. I know, it happens. Before you start judging me. <laughs> we were driving. And when we were driving, there were cars that were there fixing to go. I looked up. The light was green it was yellow at first and i knew to my subconscious it was yellow but as i got to the light right there it turned red on me and i tried to stop as fast as i could no the cars were there then all of a sudden the light was red immediately the light turned back to green and i thought thank you jesus and joshua goes dad you see that dad you see what happened i said i saw it son god had mercy on us thank god (laughs) here was my first thought we were on our way to go walk with him. You understand what I'm saying? We were on our way to go walk with him. Someone say the anointing. You say all you want to. I believe the anointing. The angel, some angel changed that light to protect my family and I. Even when we make mistakes. You know, Peter, it was Peter and John. They were walking to prayer. And while they were walking to prayer, they saw a lame man that was there outside of the gate called Beautiful, and they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, because you see, I've spent time with the Lord. In fact, I'm walking to prayer right now, and what I got from prayer, I'm going to give to you. I don't have the money, I don't have the silver, I don't have the gold, but I have an anointing in my life, and so in Jesus' name, rise up and walk. No amount of money can do that. Somebody say the anointing. I'm telling you, you need the anointing. And it doesn't come on those that go fast. Slow down, Charlie Brown. Right? It's Christmas time, right? Some of you think I'm crazy, right? It's slow down. What's your hurry? You're not going to get more done because you don't come to church. Oh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I've learned that when I put God first and honor him, he'll take care of my work and get more done for me. I need to hear some business people say amen. I need to hear some, some, some people that understand how the anointing works. I need to hear some people that understand when you give God the first fruits of your life that God will honor the rest of it. God will honor the rest of it. Walking with him in small measures and small measures, learning how to be consistent with small measures because God understands that we're human, we're frail. That's why when you give of your offering, he asks for a small percentage because he knows that we need help with the rest of the percentage that's left on our paycheck. God will stretch it. You know, that means that he ensures it. You don't even. Oh, God. Small steps 
walking with him. That's why we honor God every day, no matter what. You cannot take my walk from God. You cannot stop my walk from God. I am not going to stop walking with him because the, uh, the anointing in my life is so valuable. He's the one that's helping us build this church. He's the one that's blessing you and touching you and keeping you safe when we can't be there because we're walking with him. You see, this is an ark. This is an ark, and you're in a safe place. This is a place where angels tread. This is a place where the Spirit of God is. This is a place where all nations come in because somebody learned how to walk with God. You're walking with him. When you walk with God, your family becomes blessed. Your children become blessed. Your businesses become blessed. Your fields become blessed. You're blessed in the city. That means you're blessed where you do business, and you're blessed in the field. That means you're blessed where you do your harvest and get your grain from. I'm telling you right now, God will bless your business, and he'll bless your life when you learn how to walk with him. Walk with him. I'm on a trail right now. I've got, I feel I'm like a bloodhound. I'm right on the trail. I'm telling you right now, walking with him is a secret. Naomi gave advice to Ruth and said, Ruth, walk behind those that are getting the harvest. Don't get ahead of them. Follow behind. Whatever they leave behind, pick it up and put it in your bag. She learned how to walk and keep a distance and learn how to keep an eye on that which remained. It wasn't much, but because she learned how to be consistent and be there every day and had integrity and had character, one day Boaz came out and said, who's that lucky charm over there? You know? Woo-hoo-y. Guinness, what's her name? <laughs> I never see her before. Some of you ladies need a Boaz. Let me tell you, walk with the king, he'll give you a prince. That's a good word for somebody. Somebody say, walk with him. Hallelujah. Hmm. Come on, Haley. I'll leave you with one more example. One more example. I'm closing. Before God could do anything in the earth, he had to find some people that walked with him. When God overshadowed Mary, he had to put the anointing, see, the Christ, he had to put the anointing in someone who had favor, who had integrity, who had character. And so he found the little woman named Mary. In Luke chapter 1, verse 28, it says, And the angels went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. You who are highly favored. The Lord is what? With you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Don't be scared. Don't be intimidated. Don't be frustrated. Mary, you have found favor with God. I have also found that some people are scared of success because they're afraid to fail. The anointing will help you succeed. 
The anointing wants to work in your daily life. No, you cannot live 100% of the time under the anointing because the anointing requires action. And I'm going to deal with this later on in the series. You don't want to miss this series. I'm telling you. It's going to be so beneficial. Stay connected with us. You'll learn so much about this. But I'm giving you a key because many times people are afraid to even succeed because they're afraid, what if I can't maintain it? What if I can't fulfill my responsibility? What if I fail? So what if you do? Get back up, get back in line, and keep on walking. See, you're scared because you think it's all about running. It's not all about running. It's all about walking. Mary walked with the Lord. The Lord was with her. God could not put his anointing in someone that didn't walk with him. That's why Mary was chosen. That's why Mary was chosen. And if you drop down, it says, you will conceive and birth, give birth to a son and call his name Jesus, for he will be great. Someone say, he's going to be great. And he will, cut, and will be called the son of the most high. And God will give you him for, for the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. In other words, it's going to continue in his lineage, in his family. It will keep on going. It will never stop. See, religion puts limits on your thinking concerning the scripture but the moment you're set free from religion and mediocrity and get the true revelation of who Christ really is in our life is the day you'll start walking in victory every single day I'm telling you even when trouble comes your setbacks will always be setups every time nothing can stop the anointing in your life He's the anointed one. And listen, how will this be, Mary asked the angel? How is this going to happen? That's how we ask. Well, how is this going to happen? And that's why some of you have dismissed the voice of God so many times in your life. And you've given up on the dream God gave you. Because you've asked the question, how is it going to happen? I don't see it happening now. I don't see how it's going to happen. I don't feel like it's going to happen. And we asked that question so many times. And her biggest dilemma was really, really reasonable enough. I mean, you know, she said, I'm a virgin. Well, that makes sense. But not with God. Remember, God defies logic. Your carnal mind gets logical and messes up your faith. Stop thinking with your brain and start feeling with your heart sometimes to know what God wants to do. Hear the voice of God. You understand what I just said, right? Feel after him. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit will what? Come on you. You ever had the Holy Spirit come on you? How many of you have ever felt and feel the Spirit of God on you even right now? Is anybody's faith built up in this moment right now where you feel him on you? See, God doesn't come on you just to come on you. God comes on you with a purpose. He said the Spirit of God will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Overshadow you. 
power where nothing can touch you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Here's the conclusion of today's message. It's this. God will work when we walk in His will. God will work when we walk in His will. You stay in the will of God. It is God's will for you to be in his house. It is God's will for you to meet him every day like Adam and Eve. I'm telling you, had Adam and Eve met him and looked forward to meeting him, they would have stayed out of trouble. You can't build that dream, sir. You cannot build that family, ma'am. You can't build that career, that education, that business, unless you allow the same God that was there with Noah in your life, and he will build it for you, except the Lord build the house. They that labor, labor in vain. In other words, you're working yourself to death. Let God's anointing come in your life, and let the Lord begin to build it for you. I feel a building anointing coming on me right now. Raise your hands if you need this right now. Jesus in the name. I'm telling you, lift your hands if you need this. Lift your hands if you need this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give the anointing out. I give that anointing of favor, the anointing of the angels carry, the anointing, dear God, that removes obstacles, the anointing, dear God, that removes obstacles and debt, the anointing that brings financial blessing, the anointing that brings God network, the anointing that brings God help from heaven right now, right now, in Jesus' name we pray. And somebody say amen. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.